0: Welcome to another episode of our YouTube offerings of class content based on our study of the book of Acts in the New Testament. I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas, and we like to begin with four fast facts. Paul's first missionary journey with Barnabas and part of the time with John Mark is covered back in chapter 13 and chapter 14. Geographically or territory-wise, that covers about 1,400 miles in approximately one year. Preaching to Jews and Gentiles, they returned to Antioch and reported to the church what God had done through their preaching of his word. The last verse in chapter 14 says, "...and they remained no little time with the disciples." That takes us into our readings from Acts chapter 15. I'm going to begin by reading the first 21 verses. Acts 15, the first 21 verses. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you were circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, and he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test? By placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. After they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related How God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. I'm at verse 16 in Acts 15. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it, that the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord and all the Gentiles who were called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations, Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is read every Sabbath in the synagogues. That's Acts 15, 1 through 21. There have been indications prior to chapter 15 that taking the gospel to the Gentiles would not set well with some of the Jews. We're talking about Jews who became Christians. They had obeyed the gospel, but they brought with them the baggage of long-held Jewish tradition, namely the ritual of circumcision. Now, After the ascension of Christ back into heaven, the ritual of circumcision was not necessary to be saved. But not every Jewish man was convinced of that, even after Peter's visit to Cornelius and the reporting of that. Some insist that Gentiles who came into the church must accept this Jewish tradition, this ritual, against the threat of being excluded. At this point in your studies of the New Testament, it is critical to get this issue well framed in your mind. There were some Jewish men who had obeyed the gospel but had not turned loose of the Jewish religion, circumcision in particular. It was clear Gentiles were accepted into the church by God on the same terms as the Jews. But these men, sometimes called Judaizers, insisted that Gentile men be circumcised. You can see here in Acts 15, this became one of the first issues to divide people and create friction. These men came from Judea to Antioch, and their teaching was to make circumcision a condition of salvation for all men. Certainly, a man could make the choice to be circumcised, or his parents, Jew or Gentile. The problem here is men insisting you must do this to be saved. Here's what that was and is. False teaching. Men have no authority to add something to the gospel. God has set forth the conditions of receiving forgiveness. These men from Judea, these Judaizers, had no authority to add an additional condition. This was false teaching. We sometimes describe it this way, binding what God hadn't bound. Paul and Barnabas took exception to this false teaching, engaged in debate about it, and eventually the issue was moved to Jerusalem. Often Jews would debate and disagree and just eventually decide to agree to disagree. On a matter like this there had to be consensus and by that I mean agreement with God observe as christians made their way to jerusalem to talk about this verse 3 says they were describing in detail the conversion of the gentiles <clears throat> there had been first in the case of cornelius the conversion of a gentile gentiles were converted during the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas. All of this was well known. In the work of the apostles, it was well known. God was accepting Gentiles without imposing any Jewish practices on them. Yet, some rose up repeating this false teaching that Gentiles must not only obey the gospel, but must also submit to this Jewish right, and perhaps other regulations of the old law. Verse 5, some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them, Gentiles, and to order them to keep the law of Moses. Now, you see this plainly, and I see it, but this was a troublesome sticking point in the early days of the gospel. Jews who converted in some cases just would not give up their old Jewish religion with circumcision for all males and keeping the law of Moses. We know the law of Moses was no longer active or binding, but the Jews who couldn't accept this made trouble over this. And that's what's being dealt with In Acts 15, when everybody got together in Jerusalem, Peter stood up and made his speech. And he basically said, God has chosen to accept the Gentiles. I'm a witness of that. There should be no distinction between us and them. Peter issues a very pointed rebuke in verse 10. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear. Two things were very strong about this false teaching. One, it was testing God, defying God, by adding something as a condition of salvation that God didn't establish. Two, it was like hanging a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which had proved to be a burden, in the previous time. And then Peter makes an affirmative statement. We believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus. Now, it is not through Jewish religion. It is not through circumcision. It is not through the law of Moses. It is through Jesus Christ. Jews and Gentiles can be saved by responding to the gospel just as God is directed, nothing added by man. It seems so simple for us. But it was a challenge for people who had long lived under the law of Moses. Barnabas and Paul were up next to explain that signs and wonders had accompanied their work, taking the gospel to both Jews and Gentiles, with no requirement that Gentiles become like Jews. James added a summary and prophecy was quoted. I'm again in verses 19 through 21 of Acts 15. Therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. For from ancient generations Moses has had in every city those who proclaim him, for he is read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Here, I believe, is the essence of this. (coughs) The Gentiles who come into the church are to cease their pagan practices, like everybody who obeys the gospel. Of course, you give up everything that is wrong. But Gentiles don't have to become Jews. The law of Moses and circumcision cannot be imposed on the Gentiles when they obey the gospel. The eternal moral principles of God, which had been read and distributed over the ages. All are to comply with, but Gentiles don't have to become Jewish. Do you see that? I want to read now verses 22 through 35. Acts 15, 22 through 35. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers, with the following letter. The brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. Since we have heard who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality, if you keep yourselves from these, You will do well. Farewell. So, when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch. And having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words and after they had spent some time they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them but paul and barnabas remained in antioch teaching and preaching the word of the lord with many others also that's acts 15:22 to 35 so a letter was drafted stating these conclusions And verse 28 shows the Holy Spirit's part in this. Again, the essence of this, Gentiles were not to continue their pagan practices, but Jewish circumcision and keeping the various regulations of the old law not necessary for them, for the Gentiles, to be accepted. The letter was sent out by messengers while Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of God. 36 to 41. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of God and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John, called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them, strengthening the churches. So you cannot let an issue or controversy completely absorb you and become an obsession. The full work of the Lord must go on. You define the matter as clearly as possible. You apply truth to the issue from the Holy Spirit. You do that with good attitude. Then you move on with the full work of the Lord without neglecting any of the points of conflict, but you move on and you do not neglect the full work of the Lord. So Paul says to Barnabas, essentially, let's get back to work. Let's go back where the churches are and let's see how the brothers and sisters are doing. Barnabas says, okay, fine with me. Let's take my cousin, John Mark. Paul said, wait a minute. Paul thought it best not to take John Mark because he had left early during the first missionary journey. There was a sharp disagreement about this, and the resolution was for Barnabas to take John Mark and go to Cyprus while Paul would join up with Silas going north through Syria and Cilicia. They were strengthening the churches. next. Our takeaways, takeaways from Acts chapter 15. At the core of this debate in Acts 15, there is this fundamental truth. We cannot add requirements God didn't give. We have observed through the book of Acts before chapter 15 that God required faith, repentance, and baptism. That includes hearing the gospel, making your faith known, and after baptism, being devoted to the apostles' teaching. You've turned from your sin to that which is right, the apostles' teaching. No circumcision is necessary. No law of Moses. The truth we need to get from this is We cannot add requirements God didn't give. There are various personal opinions which are not matters of faith, and we impose those on no one. There are traditions which do not conflict with God's Word. We impose those on no one. What what we're talking about is thinking that we know what people ought to do to be like us in addition to what God requires. No, it's just what God requires. And when we think that we can add to what God requires and make it better and more in keeping with the people that we are, that might be called creed writing. Men get together and decide they need to require something of people that God hasn't said anything about. Well, that's just wrong. It is arrogant, ungodly, divisive, and we cannot let that happen. We cannot become creed writers, and we cannot let creed writers impose their rules on us. We have the rules from God that we need to live by. Number two, I think it necessary here in Acts 15 to see the difference between matters of judgment and matters of faith. Paul and Barnabas, had a disagreement over a matter of judgment concerning John Mark. They had to work that out. And the way they worked that out was to not travel together on the next trip. There is no evidence after Acts 18 that this became a long-standing source of tension or bitterness. Both men were mature. That's a difference in judgment. Requiring circumcision is more than just a matter of personal judgment. It's adding something God doesn't require. When there's a matter of difference in personal judgment, as is the case between Paul and Barnabas about John Mark, you work those out, and you go on and engage in the Lord's work. When people turn to God, obeying the gospel, becoming Christians, how we treat them after baptism is just as important as how we treat them before baptism. If I teach someone what the Bible says about becoming a Christian, then as they come up from the waters of baptism, I say something like, oh, by the way, there are now the Berkeley Rules of Faith, and there's the Laurel Heights Creed book that you'll have to follow in addition to the Bible. No. No. No, we can't do that. We can't say that. We can't treat people that way. We can't say to people, we now want you to think this or do this or speak this way. It's not in the Bible, but we say you ought to do this. No. When we say that in explicit words or implication, we become false teachers like the Judaizers. The preachers of the Reformation movement in America spoke eloquently of this. Rice Haggard's influential 1804 an address to the different religious societies on the sacred import of the Christian name in which he writes with reference to previous creedal and confessional standards. He said this, I quote, One thing I know, that whenever non-essentials are made terms of communion It will never fail to have a tendency to disunite and scatter people. It is certainly making the door of the church narrower than the gates of heaven and casting away those whom Jesus received. See, when Jesus said, here are the terms and I'll receive you, we can't add to those terms without being divisive and displeasing God. And then verse 41, look at that phrase, strengthening the churches. This reminds us of what we studied back in chapter 14, when Paul and Barnabas went back to see churches recently established to further teach them, encourage them, and strengthen them. There will never be a church that doesn't need continual teaching, admonition, encouragement, and strengthening. Let's talk a little about verse 20. I do not believe this verse is introducing anything new or different or anything just for Gentiles. Because there is evidence from early in Scripture that idolatry was sinful, sexual immorality was sinful, and that blood was given for life, not for food. Verse 21 shows these Eternal principles had been read in public from ancient generations. That's our study.